And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to our very first Hospitality Net World Panel Live discussion together with us at Tech Talk Travel. I'm super excited about today's conversation. Really, the panelists who are joining us are people who have managed IT software and business uh, expectations through a number of various global crises already, uh, each of them with uh, a number of years of experience going back almost to, well, before the 2000s. So I'd like to start by uh, introducing the panel. And uh, first off, we have Martin Soler, who is partner and, uh, so, or basically partner at Solar and Associates. Martin, great to have you here. Uh, you, your viewpoint on the latest world panel has prompted the commentary uh, that we're here to discuss today on whether or not hotel technology innovates during crises. So it's really great to have you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I'd also just make a comment for everybody watching to see the full response from everybody that contributed to Hospitality Net's panel. Please go to hospitalitynet.org and click on the World Panel Technology area. And there you'll see really 18 diverse opinions on this topic from people that have contributed. And Leah will add that uh, URL into the comments section. Uh, next up is Nick Price. And Nick is CEO at NetSys and an industry veteran who really has never shied away from a bleeding-edge approach to uh, technology, having introduced groundbreaking solutions into uh, leading luxury brands over, his, over the course of his career. So, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's really lovely to have you with us. Thank you. Great to be here. And then we are joined as well by uh, an old colleague and I'd say friend of mine, Martin Bukalil. Martin is the VP of IT from Marriott International in Asia Pacific, and he leads Marriott's IT division and arm right across the Asia-Pac region. And Martin, you've been now with Marriott for about 20 years. Is that correct? Or 20 oh, plus years? 23, Andre. Yes, I confirm friend and colleague. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's really great to have you here. It's lovely to see you again. Thank you. And finally, uh, someone who I would also consider a friend and colleague is Kevin King, Chief Operating Officer from Shiji. Kevin, thank you for making the time today. It's great to have you here. It's lovely to have you joining us. Thank you. Good to be here. Okay, great. So let's get started. So really, as part of today's panel, we also would welcome audience participation. So please, if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to add, please do so and we'll uh, try to get them into the conversation as we go. But before we get started with everybody here, I'd like to just perhaps add a little bit of context into why we're here and what, what this is about. Last year, Martin Solar and Tech Talk Travel worked very closely together in putting uh, together a history of, tech, of travel technology uh, infographic and Martin supported that as well with, a, with an article, which is also available on our website and Leah will put that into the, uh, into the comments section as well so you can check it in your own time. Um, so the reason why we're here today is to discuss the question that Martin put to uh, Henry's hospitalitynet.org panel, um, which is um, what I want to kind of go through with, with everybody now and just put this context into the conversation before I go into that first question. So in many cases, we've seen hotel distribution and technology change during or after a global crisis. But is this, is a trend that, is this a trend that will continue? And what could be the innovation that comes from this particular crisis? Up until the early 2000s, managing guest experience has always been a, a very human-to-human -human interaction. Uh, yet today, the experience happens primarily through technology. 
So human interactions still hold value, uh, but with the incredible growth of the internet and smartphones and an always on lifestyle, people no longer are willing to wait that long uh, to get what their desired outcome is. Hotels have so many touch, touch points where customers interact with the property and staff. And this is what has set a hotel experience apart from a retail experience. And hoteliers recognize this and they excel at delivering that particular style of service. Yet more so than ever in today's climate, we need technology to facilitate many expectations that guests are not only used to, but also expect. So today's hotel guests expect that quality experience from pre, during and even post day. And we all agree that people want to travel again as soon as possible. Until travel resembles anything pre-COVID, we have this chance now for innovation. So the question that I'd like to open with is looking beyond the obvious needs to support health concerns via contactless technologies, because that's obviously a topic that's talked about a lot. I'd like to try to ask how should we prioritize the data and innovate from what is available? So what innovation will or should come from this current crisis? So to get started, I'd like to pose that question, uh, first of all, to Martin Solo, and then we'll go to Kevin, uh, Nick, and then Martin Bukalil. So Martin, the floor is yours. Thanks. Um, so I think it's a great question. And, and I, I was recently, I recently posted about uh, kind of something down that road, having worked with the retail industry as well. Um, one thing that you know, we, we tend to forget is that the, the travel industry is about five to 10 years ahead of the retail industry in terms of uh, distribution and um, digital transformation on the distribution side. So, uh, you know, the, the past crisis have, have really shown how much we have innovated on the distribution side of things. We have innovated a lot. Um, you know, today you don't consider, it's not you're going to you know, no one considers like, well, do you want to book your travel online or not? You just book your travel and it's online and there is no other alternative. Like there is, but that's the, that's the, um, I would say that's the, 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 you know, the outlier. If you're going to not book online, it's bizarre. Whereas in retail, you're still, you know, it's like, oh, it's online retail. Like that's, there's still a distinction between the two. Uh, retail is quite different. So we have you know, innovated a lot, but mostly on distribution, um, you know, where I think um, we have a lot of work to do um, is now on guest experience and on premise, you know, what's happening today, um, what's happening in the hotel. And, and that's where I think we have a, a lot of, um, we, we can catch up. Uh, I don't know if we would say catch up. I, I think that's where little things that Airbnb has done have really, uh, you know, have really shown that there is there's a whole bunch of stuff that can be removed. And we've used computers today mostly to replicate paper processes, uh, but now with a computer. So it's not really been a, a transformation. It's just been like a digitization of what we used to do with paper. Yeah. Okay, great. Kevin, <clears throat> let's, let's start with yourself as well. Um, Obviously, you know, through your career, you would have no doubt seen a lot of transition in technology, just like most of us have here. Um, where do you feel the opportunity lies now with innovation and, and how, can, how, how can our industry embrace this opportunity, do you think? I think, you know, a lot of what you read in the press today or the articles that come out from various different people shows that people need to embrace the, this crisis. 
and make something out of it and really sort of um, work on how we come out of the crisis better. Um, and, and better means how do we deal with our guests in a different way? Before, like Martin was saying, you know, in the distribution world, and we're in distribution. We have, you know, we have a very large distribution business within Shajir around the world. Um, and we power a lot of the uh, the distribution channels towards hotels, and you know that that is a different segment of the market. They are in distribution somewhat ahead of um, of the front end of the hotel tech in many ways. Um, but what this is going to do for us. In, in the industry is get closer, I believe, to the customer and get closer to not only in terms of letting them make a booking, letting them arrive and, and, and face to face, but closer in terms of prior to their arrival, being able to communicate with them. And there's a lot of tooling and there's a lot of technology out there today that enables you to do that. But we've never really been able to put all that together prior to, the, uh, to, to COVID coming into play. And now it's critical to come together because we're not allowed to touch anymore, right? There are less people available in order to, to talk to. In, when you're making a reservation, are you open? What, what's, what's happening with the various different services around the hotels and whatnot? So bridging the technologies that we have available, such as AI and chat, Right along the whole journey of the of the guest experience, well before they even come and land in the in the hotel, right, is is very uh, very important to be able to do that. And then they they arrive informed, they know how to then work within the the con constructs of the of the property for the social distancing and uh, and the like, uh, and have and ultimately have a great stay. Right, leisure is very different to business. Business is going to be a whole different story when when all the business travelers start to coming come back into uh, into play. But I think that there's a huge amount of technology that needs to be bridged and and really sort of welded together uh, before the pandemic comes up. Yeah, agreed. Um, and Nick, as I said in the intro, you know, over the, over the years, I've never seen you to be shy of being innovative with technology. Um, and I give you a great example, you know, even at the time when I was working with Marriott in Asia Pack, um, I would often look to what you were doing at then with, with Mandarin Oriental. And it was very, you know, you were always at the front of the, the fold there. Um, so how do you see it from your perspective now as someone that is quite bold in that perspective? What do you think the industry overall should be doing um, in order to ensure that we, we can innovate or do innovate? Yeah, a good question. Uh, thank you. Um, really, it's a sort of short and a long-term answer, I think. Um, firstly, um, I would ask a question. Um, I, I'm glad that Kevin brought up customer as a, as a subject matter because I think it is really, really critical here. Uh, in, in all following discussion. And, and I would simply pose a question to, to the panel and to the audience is, how many hoteliers feel that they know their customers better today than they did 20 years ago, despite all the technology and investment that has, that has gone in over that time? Um, I, I honestly, I'm doubtful whether, whether the, uh, the intimacy and knowledge of the customer is that much, is that much better. And that leads me 
we we're going to discuss, you know, distribution and OTAs and all those kind of things. But um, I, I really uh, do believe that we're kind of at a sort of a red pill or blue pill moment here. Um, in other words, we're at a defining moment that defines the future for the next 20 years. Um, um, how we how we re react now will play out relatively quickly, I think, over the over the next twenty years. It all come, and it all comes down to um, it all comes down to customer and who who whose customer is it and how do we how do we interact with them? And and Martin uh, mentioned previously retail uh, retail and and uh, hospitality. Um, I'm not so sure I fully agree with that, uh, but. You know that's the point of this panel, um, sort of casting hospitality as as sort of head and in advance of retail here. I mean, if you think about it, you know, Amazon defines the online retail experience. It is or defines the online experience in many sense, and is nothing but a retailer and a very dominant one. In in Asia, we have Alibaba doing exactly the same. The difference between Alibaba and Amazon is that Alibaba is bigger, quite a lot bigger. And by the way, Alibaba also owns uh, travel distribution and hotels. Um, if we if we look at the commonalities between those two, one thing they both have, which is fundamental to their success and onward uh, march towards dominance, is very very well structured and very well thought through functioning loyalty programs, Prime and eighty eight VIP respectively. Uh, how those companies leverage those those loyalty programs is nothing short of hyper impressive. And when I sit back and look at hospitality, going back to the sort of hospitality question, how should we, how should we respond and how should we, um, how should we uh, respond now and for the long term? I have to say, I'm, if we do not respond now intelligently with respect to the customer intimacy that we say we have, which I believe we are actually losing, if we don't respond intelligently to that and and make significant strides, not incremental changes, uh, I am I'm worried uh, for our industry actually because, um, and we're going to talk about OTAs in a minute. But I've mentioned Amazon and Alibaba today. They are not in the travel distribution space in any material way, but they have millions of eyeballs. It's just another product to them. How much more effective would they be as, as uh, potentially competitors, potentially allies, I don't know, but how much more effective could they be? So I'm, 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 I, I'd like to seize the moment. Um, I'd like to seize the moment and focus on the digital customer and the intimacy and the awareness of what that digital customer wants and shaping the product for that digital customer rather than incremental adjustment of the fundamental model that we have, elements of which I believe are broken and irre irreparable, actually. And I think there's some fundamental shift that has to happen. And I think you, I think you make a good point there, Nick, and I think that the... The guest of yesterday is going to be very different of the guest of tomorrow because the whole psyche has changed. And I think that you put a good correlation back into, into these retail giants because they do have 
they do have profile and they profile very well individuals. And they actually have profile data that may actually be very relevant to the new style of guest, of what they like, what they don't like, and so yeah. forth, uh, going into who that new guest and what their new guest experience yeah. needs to be. Right? Yeah. And, and maybe, we're, maybe we are assuming a lot before we get to that point, right? We're, we're running a crisis at the minute and we're, we're running yeah. you know, digitalization and trying to cope with what is happening today but what do we need to do tomorrow and who do we need to work with in order to make that well, guest feel? If you think the, the, uh, the companies that did not suffer in this crisis was online retail. Right. Amazon exactly. did not suffer. How many more customers did they suck in? Mm. Millions, right? So we are dealing with Amazon and Alibaba customers as they enter our hotel. They're, 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 they're perception of how they should be treated and what we should know about them and the offers that we should make to them throughout the customer journey are shaped by the, their experiences with those 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 retail giants hmm. and i i must say i think they they should legitimately regard us in a rather dim light hmm. okay let's 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 move to martin now because martin obviously represents yeah. uh pretty significant hotel brand. Uh, Martin, after hearing what Nick and Kevin have both said, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this and what, what's Marriott's um, attitude towards this particular? Well, look, I think these digital empires, if you can call them, they're, they're in a different game of investment model. They have a lot more money they can throw to the table for technology investment in their interests. So I think just putting that aside and looking in our backyard, Realistically, you know, we're in recovery mode and we're a bricks and mortar operation. It's a physical operation. It's not just the digital. We've still got to recover. We need our RevPAR to come back. So our real focus is around RevPAR. And I think rather than kind of poke all over the place, try this, try that, what we've aimed to do is really go in, in the very high level entry area at, at the global picture and say, you know, we need to update our PMS and our supporting systems around that, our network um, at that level globally and refresh it, which is a project that we've given thought to uh, and looking into. And then at the other end of the scale, what are those really important local systems that are going to bring us back out of this? And I can think of examples around payment systems local technology that add value. But the kind of uh, hit and miss uh, stuff in the middle, the fast fail fads, I don't really think that they uh, are going to be helpful for us. And, and frankly, we, we can't afford it. You know, we're focused on getting all of our associates back to work on full pay in all our markets, our rev party grow and our owners return to be back. Uh, and some places we're there in pockets, other places we have a long way to go. So at scale, when the company's operating 7,000 odd hotels, you know, I think we're on the right track. We're looking at that big picture, the high scale uh, impact, and we're also looking locally. And I heard also about loyalty and, and obviously we drive our loyalty through mobile. And so we're putting a lot of effort in that mobile, digital loyalty uh, place. Uh, mobile key and other in initiatives that we have going to support that where they operate well in certain markets um, to make that 
uh, experience frictionless. So I think we're very selective. There's a lot of stuff on the menu, uh, but we're very careful uh, and we want to come out of this rock solid. So those are the things that we're looking at. Right. So it's, I mean, based on what you've just said then, when Nick, when you consider consider a company such as Marriott is taking that position, um, it's very difficult to then, I guess, for the remainder of the industry. I mean, Marriott is up there at the top of the, the tier when it comes to brands. What they do from a technology perspective probably sets the standard for a lot of industry hotel um, groups and, and, and operators. So if, if, if that's Marriott's position in terms of innovation and, and, and introducing new technologies, it's going to be difficult for the remainder of the industry. And um, It's a question. It's not an opinion. It, it might be difficult for the remainder of the industry to also consider, you know, what we really need. We need to throw money at this. We've got to invest. We've got to, we've got to innovate because innovation takes investment. It takes money. Um, and when a company like Marriott is, as Martin has just said, trying to build almost back and make sure that their associates are being uh, back on full salary and that they're, 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 they're getting the right technology for what they need, um, it, it causes a, a challenge, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree. I, I, that's why I said it's, uh, it's focused on the short term, but don't lose sight of the long term. Right. This isn't right. the only crisis we've been through, by the way. Anybody that's in Asia has had a few more than, few more than this. The, the difference on this one is just simply length and global nature. But mm. uh, the, the, the fundamental downsides uh, have been felt before. And, by the way, uh, the industry did bounce back, albeit from uh, significantly uh, less uh, uh, time in the pit. Um, but... I, you know, I talk to hotel companies as well, um, and I would say the majority that talk to me um, and want my help um, are, are saying, yes, we, we're obviously doing tactical things. We want to make sure that we get our people back to work and we're ready, and, uh, but we also want to use the time that we have now to be strategic, and that is the luxury that we have. We may not have a lot of money. Um, but we do have a lot of uh, retained employed brain power that can be put to work to construct strategies, to take apart existing strategies, to understand what, what we really have and be honest about what we have, what works and what doesn't. And, and sort of what if, how can we, how, how do we look through the next 20 years, right? If you think if you think customer information is important, we all said it's important, and I think most of us would agree we don't have it. Uh, we wanted it 20 years ago. We don't have it necessarily now. So there's got to be something wrong, right? What is the thing that is wrong? Uh, if we had it, what would we do with it, right? So, so I'm just simply saying there is a strategic set of strategic actions that we can take that are complementary, absolutely, to the sort of more tactical uh, more tactical things that m most companies yeah. are quite rightfully doing today. Okay. All right, great. There's, there's a comment that I'd like to pull from uh, the world panel, from, from uh, mm -hmm. Hospitality Net's uh, panel input. Um, and this is from Marco Correa. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a piece out from Marco's overall uh, statement. But he says here that the pandemic brought much swifter adoption of those technologies, this is chatbots, mobile keys, self-service kiosks, 
etc., which have already been existing technologies. Um, and that's been motivated by a combination of safety requirements and a change in consumer behavior and expectations. So um, I would also want to ask from that, outside of the global top five brands, have hotels had the tech stacks, in your opinions, uh, to support this adoption with as little friction as possible? Because whilst we've been able, whilst there's a need to have um, an innovation and, and introducing new technologies, without that, that core tech stack in place or without that, that right core technology in place, it, it makes it very difficult to be able to do that in an agile and um, frictionless, as frictionless as possible. So, uh, Martin, would you like to start by commenting on that? Which one? Sorry, Martin Vukalil. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> um, look, I mean, you could, you could. I think at the end of the day, the device is in, in the customer's hand already. So really, the end game is to get there, and anything in between might be very interim. Like we've tried out uh, kiosk, for ex example, uh, in certain markets as a potential alternative. Um, and what we've found is that, you know, the complexity, especially in some markets with government regulations and processes, it isn't as easy as in the US to pull it through and deliver a low-cost product that's going to lower your operating cost to run. Um, you end up having a fairly expensive unit, plus you'll have labour to support it uh, on, on the floor in the lobby. Um, and so really, you know, I think our energy is better spent trying to put the, the power in the hands of our customer through our uh, Bonvoy uh, app and making sure that we build in a loyalty capabilities in there, uh, their needs and requests met, and try to get to that as, as fast as we can. And stuff in the middle, I think, uh, yeah, whilst we've tried things out, some of those things haven't always uh, been successful. They sound great, but in practice is, is another other thing so that's just one example so yeah like i said before i think we are very picky and choosy about uh what we really want to end up with but we also like to try things out i'm not saying that we've got our solution set we've given a very solid uh thought process we've had time over the last 18 months to give deep thought about you know what are our future systems what should they be and get our planning together and now start to bring that to life through POCs um, and customer feedback and, you know, choosing the ones that are really going to help us on our, on our vision and strategy for our company. Okay, excellent. I'd like to also just pull out another piece from, from Marco's uh, overall comment, which I thought was also quite interesting. Digital Darwinism, a phrase now a decade old, will finally impact the lodging industry. The hotel and hotel brands that innovate will prevail. Those who don't will become commodity products in the hands of the OTA. So coming back to essentially what Nick was saying before, alternative accommodation operators and the meta search giant Google. So a general question to everybody, who agrees with this? And playing devil's advocate, are we as an industry sometimes guilty of putting too much emphasis or expectation on technology innovation within our industry as some form of miracle savior or remedy? I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, we haven't heard from Martin for a while, but um, I, I agree. Um, I agree. I would, I, I, I don't think what, what to me is missing is not technology. We, we have, the same technology available to us as every other industry. 
right? We're not, we're not operating in some technology vacuum. What I find that is lacking in our industry, sadly, often is the ability to look, ability and willingness to look outside of our industry at what's going on in core tech, in adjacent industries such as retail and fintech and so on, to understand what's going on there. Because a lot of that, lot, lot, they are leading industries. We are potential, potentially a lagging industry. And we can, we can bring, bring technology that is tr proven uh, into our industry. But I also think, I don't know whether this is the right place to introduce it. I think there's some, some fundamental things that need to be really addressed. I mean, you know, what is our product? That just sounds simple, right? You know, what is, what is our product? If, if we think of ourselves as digital retailers of hospitality experiences, even online, sorry, even in our hotels, because the customer is a, a digitally savvy customer. They're, walk, they're walking through this part of the customer journey online, but they've been offline with us. They've been they've been uh, on the uh, online with, with us. They're in our hotels, and now they're now they're going again. Their customer journey is defined digitally. Uh, what do they expect from our customer? And when I, for example, go, uh, I was recently looking at a site in Hong Kong, and I went, I looked there, and this 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 hotel company they have thirty different products, five star hotel company, thirty different products. The only product that they can effectively sell on their own website digitally directly to the consumer is a bed that's the only thing in this you know in this digital retail world it's like walking into a store with a with a basket and putting only one thing in it at any one time i find that incredible you know i when i a digital retailer i would want you to fill your basket with product i would so want you, I don't, yeah i i don't Totally agree with that because um, online retail is about 15% of retail. Um, offline travel is maybe 10% of travel. Like there's just only online travel. So from that point of view, travel has transitioned fully. Um, you know, we complain about OTAs uh, in our industry. The car industry, 30% of their costs are distribution. We're complaining about 20 to 25 um, online retail is about 40% is distribution costs. Um, direct to consumer brands are about 50% distribution costs. And we're complaining about 25 and, and, and we, we complain so much about our, you know, addiction to OTAs, but we forget to look at next door. Like we're in a lower range of commission, uh, now that we're paying to distribution that, so it's, I don't think we have a problem with, you know, the big distributors. Uh, we at least have a competition. Online retail, there is just Amazon. Outside of China, there is just Amazon. There is no number two. Like, number two is so far behind Amazon. So it's not even a mature market yet where um, there is a competition. You know, it just doesn't exist. Uh, whereas if you look at, um, you know, travel, there is a competition. The two big players. It's it, it's a, it is a duopoly, but it is a competition. At least you have a choice. Um, uh, you don't have that in online retail. So it's still an uh, you know. And I'm not saying. I mean, Amazon is definitely ahead of everyone else, but it's just Amazon. You know, in so terms you, of in the West. So, so when you buy a product from Amazon, do you really know who you're buying it from? You, you, I mean, you buy it from Amazon. You don't really know who's behind it, right? 
Um, right. You, 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 get, you get actually fulfilling it. You just you just get you get Amazon, and so the the supply side is is further and further distance from the consumer, and that is actually happening in our industry as well. And we think we're a high touch, high value, high customer centric in industry, and yet we're being we're being pushed further and further and further back in the supply chain. And I I don't know about you, but I, I I'm worried about that. I am very worried about that, and I think hotels should be worried about that. And most of the hotel companies that I'm talking about are indeed worried about it, and they want to be much more effective at direct-to-consumer digital retail. And they are they are struggling from so many so many fronts. Technology being one of them, but they want to be more effective. Yes, I I, I do agree with that part that the distribution world that's there today can really only market and sell the bed and there's nothing really behind because even the distribution technologies of some of the players that are out there yeses uh, and whatnot as you well know are not really able to carry any other suggestive selling items or or upselling items and so forth as part of that journey Direct, yes, and, and, and a lot of the industry has tried to bring the consumer back to, the guest back to their, their own websites and their own channels so that they can actually do things like attribute-based selling or upselling or, or journey uh, criteria and so forth, you know, selling a spa, selling a golf and, and whatnot. That, that is still you know, a long way to go when you're dealing with the distribution world or the many that you've got to connect because you need to be able to have a consistent level of service towards the guest. So they're, they're, that is very much lacking today. That is very much, in my mind, that's very much lacking in a distribution area. And we'll okay, take time. Great. All right, look, let's yeah. let's move on. I, I, sorry, go on, Martin, please. I was just going to say it's interesting to hear all of this. And, you know, our work is never done, as we say, in areas um, And I, I think that... Of selling, um, it's a bit of an echo there right now. Uh, that's better. In, in terms of selling, uh, I think we are very much on the way uh, to attribute and other services sales within our our model. We're definitely headed down that path um, and expanding on that that area. I don't think it's a room only environment anymore. I think we're onto it and, and moving. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you there, Martin. I think we are, and I think the industry needs to have more uh, a, a more of a bounce bounce back before we can get to that point. Okay, I'd like to talk about data a little bit now because I think um, again, Marco's statement he I, I really pulled quite a bit out of his because it was I thought really really great. Uh, there was a line in here that talks about innovation having to address the issue of data. And that there is much talk about data, big data, AI, machine learning, just to mention a few of the buzzwords that we hear repeatedly at the moment. And he's saying here a hundred room hotel generates approximately 5,000 data events daily. It is great if we can capture, analyze and act based on that data uh, and that, that, that the hotels are collecting. Yes, we are making good progress on capturing, but arguably less on analyzing and extracting lessons and formulating plans. And less is still on translating those plans into actions. So my question to the panel, and we can start with, I think, Kevin, um, do you agree with this statement? Sorry, that was my dog. Uh, 
Do you agree with this statement? And if so, why have we been slow to analyzing, uh, to, to, to getting to the point of analyzing this data the best we can? So, Kevin, let's start with you. Sorry, I'll just pop you off mute, Kevin. Okay, we go started, now. That's okay. We started many years ago when we first uh, started a company called Snapshot and collecting data from various different PMS solutions and other solutions and whatnot uh, to, to really sort of analyze that data and populate the data and return the data back into the, to the hotels and, and the like, right? And it, it really became um, important that people understood what data that they had and that they really would respect the data and the results of the data. You know, one of the areas is that when you, when you, when you take the data and you analyze the data, you give the result of that data, people don't like what they see, then they, they give up on the data, right? So, you know, the, the people need to be able to react to, to what the data is telling them and not just basically uh, saying that they want to have more data points. Um, it, it also, over the years of that, we've turned that business into internal within Shiji and across our own various different product sets for, for data because we felt that that was more realistic to pass back to, to our customers that we, uh, that we work with. But then it became, and throughout the years, it became more about the protection of that data because a lot of the data requires personal information and whatnot. So therefore, you know, you can get, you can get on anonymous data, but you've also got to work with the data that is related to uh, PII. So the, the, the ownership of the data, who can actually service that data and, and the like. Um, and really then understanding how we can put that data into the hands of the overall consumer. And the consumer in this case is back into the hotels. Yeah, Martin, would you like to, Martin Solar, sorry, would you like to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I recall working on, on, you know, analyzing data and, um, and so forth at the time of Snapshot. Um, you know, thanks to, to the investments from Shiji and so on. But we also realized that a lot of people just didn't really, you know, hotels are experience uh, companies. There is a lot about, um, you know, the, the, and, and this is something from having been a GM, I, I remember, you know, on the budget line item, if I'm going to change mattresses or pay for data analytics, the mattresses are going to come up on top, you know, and, and that's going to be, you know, way more important for me than data analytics because, that's going to change the experience. So you can get all the data, but then, you know, who's actually going to look at it and what do you do with it? That is way more complex um, <clears throat> question to, to answer than, than, you know, just assembling data and so on. So, um, so that, that is something that requires a, a lot more work. Um, and I don't know that everyone has solved it and it needs much more granularity or not and so forth. So, yeah. Martin V, Martin Bukalil, yeah. in terms of that piece, I think you guys, I think Marriott overall, focus on data heavily. Would you like to also comment? Yeah, look, I actually uh, take, take it out to Marriott. I think there's one key thing we've got to all factor in, uh, and that's called consent. And the consent situation globally is changing by the minute and becoming harder and harder driven by government regulatory requirements for uh, customers to willingly agree to provide information. So we have to first respect the amount of information 
that we're entrusted with, and, and that can vary based on that policy. And then surrounded by that, you've got <clears throat> obviously the privacy matter itself managing to that on a country basis, and then the security around that, the infrastructure and the design and everything else. And then I think the last difficulty is the data pools. There are so many in so many places aggregating, using APIs to bring that to one place. I mean, we're still on a long journey there. And there's a lot of stuff that's been around for many years sitting in their own places to, to augment that and bring it together requires time and effort. And some of it we just haven't got to. But I think now the regulatory situation is moving faster than we can in some areas to you know, to uh, make the changes and, and, and keep pace. So that, that's where I think we are. We, we, we're all over it. We spend a lot of time on it, but it's full-time work here, this space. Yeah, okay, great. Um, also, there's a question here from, um, from one of our uh, audience members, Tim Worrell, which I might just quickly throw into the discussion here. Does the panel think that the COVID crisis has led to those guests that do travel spending more time in their rooms which may result in a renewed focus by hoteliers on the entertainment and technology experience within the room in the future. And perhaps Martin, you might be best, Martin Bookley will be best in answering that to start with because uh, obviously representing the, the hotel brand. What's, what's Marriott's take on uh, in-room entertainment well, now and has that changed since COVID? Well, I think one thing we, we obviously track, not by guests but by demand, is bandwidth utilisation. And I can tell you the simple... Uh, trend facts are between 6 p.m. and midnight every night, those guests, many of them, are in our hotels using the bandwidth in their room or the public space. So I think we've learned that is uh, the time that we obviously make sure we have adequate infrastructure uh, to support that. I think that, you know, given uh, COVID and people's lack of ability to travel, I would think prior to that um, and perhaps around dinner time as well, people can't wait to go out and experience the local uh, places that they're allowed to visit now and, you know, uh, suck up the local uh, community spirit and, and what's happening there and hopefully stay also in our restaurants and experience those. So, yeah, it's a, uh, I think it's a, a bit of both. Okay. Excellent. Look, I want to keep moving on. There's another uh, piece that I want to pull out from the panel, uh, which I, I think is also interesting. The new customer that we described earlier in this article is mobile-centric, impatient, demanding, and adamant about personalised and meaningful experiences. The, the, the challenge that the hotel industry faces at the moment is to refocus the mindset and retool our technology to address the evolved traveller and the expanded marketplace. So I'd like to ask um, actually everybody to comment on this because I'm curious how, how this can be done moving forward to be more effective. I mean, who, who should really own this process? Is it the vendor? Is it the hotelier? Or is it both? Uh, because historically, well, if, you, if you, well, historically, if you look back, there hasn't been too much evidence of these two coming together when it comes to, to this piece. So is that only because of a generational attitude or is this changing? Uh, Nick, why don't we start with you? Because you've uh, made a, a comment there. I, I rudely butted in there. <laughs> no, 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 um, not at all. No, I, I, would, I was simply saying there's a, there's a third wheel on this vehicle here. Uh, it's not just the, 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 the vendor. It's not just the hotel. It's actually the, the, the traveling individual, the, the customer. Um, 
all industries, all industries that deal with customer suffer from lack of customer information. All of those industries suffer from the same kind of regulatory um, issues that Martin uh, alluded to, and they will only get worse. Um, it is, uh, you know, if you if you look at the the high ranking. Um, GDPR infringers, those that have been fined the most money, you will find hotel companies and you will find Google up there on the top page, right? It's not, this, is, this is not a surprise and these numbers are going to go up and, they will get, and these, these fines will get more frequent and they will become more global because the model is actually wrong. The model is the, there's a centralized customer data model that is owned by some company some company gathers this data, stores it, tries to tries to protect it, and often fails, and doesn't really make sense of the data to use it use it correctly, other than the big ones such as such as Google. There is something I'd like to draw your attention to, and this is what I was saying about being cognizant of what's happening in in the other other industries, cognizant of what's happening in core tech. The model whereby a company, a hotel company, stores customer data and tries to make sense of that customer data to use it is probably, um, well, is very evidently ineffective. How about changing the model where the customer themselves stores their customer data and gives you on demand the data that you need to do the thing that you need? Now, that sounds quite nice. You think, how the heck could you do that? Well, actually, you can and you will. And in fact, you will have to. There is a number of confluences coming together here. Global distributed technology, the best example of which, which is blockchains, right? Secondly, um, mobile devices, which we all have. Associated with those mobile devices, digital wallets. Increasingly, you will see identity wallets on those devices. And the concept, most importantly, above all of that, of self-sovereign identity, which means that you, as you, the individual, own your data. You are responsible and you have the tools to manage that data, both what data you create, where it is stored, how it is stored, to whom you provide it, for how long you provide it, and what benefits accrue to you because you have provided it. Those things are happening. That tech is here and you will increasingly see it. And it is making its way through the obvious places first, fintech, healthcare. We have um, a number of tech, tech people that I've, I'm in touch with uh, are right now forming a, a travel and hospitality special interest group that is affiliated with the Decentralized Identity Foundation, which is one of the leading uh, groups of technology companies which are, are proponents of self-sovereign identity and decentralized identity technology. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Just this afternoon, we have our second weekly uh, call of the SIG, and it's open to everybody. So that's what I'm saying, saying to you here. We're struggling with a model that doesn't work. Let's look elsewhere. Let's actually take an ax to the model and change it. Change the model. Centralized doesn't work, make it decentralized, give the consumer control over their, their technology, uh, over the, the information about them, and let them give it to us in an effective way in real time.
I think, there's also, another, I think there's also another angle to it as well, Nick. I think that that, that is great and that that's going to take time to be able to deliver into the, into the market. But and I think that a, a vehicle or a, or a way to get to that, to that level of ownership of my own data before I give it to somebody else or, or entrust it to, to others and, and obviously be able to have that token that I decide to transmit the, the industry today has my profile, for example, in probably one, one hotel group would have my profile maybe in 20 or 30 or 50 different locations, right? And not one is exactly the same to the other. So there's not that one single understood information about me as a guest or me as an individual, right? Um, and if you go back to your retail and talk about Amazon and whatnot, there's only one Kevin King in, in, in Amazon. Right? And they know everything about me, whether I shop in the UAE or whether I shop in, in Germany or, or Australia or, or wherever. You know, one, one of the things that, that we take very, very carefully is that we want to make sure that we can provide the, the technology that enables a group to have one guest profile. And that one guest profile is then able to be linked around the world. Well, it's only one, and it's around the world. But also being able to comply with all those regulatory changes that one happened, started with, uh, with um, GDPR, then the Californian, then the Chinese, and then various different um, uh, GDP or various different compliance issues around the world. And that, I think, is a stepping stone to if you want to use a blockchain or if you want to use where the guest owns their profile. That, I think, is going to take a lot longer to, to, to actually put into play. But... Before that happens, the hotel groups need to take better responsibility, or hotels, not just hotel groups. Hotels need to take better responsibility of customer data. I'm not seeing that the hotels, um, maybe the major chains, yes, but not the relative independence or, or necessarily the regional, account, regional uh, hotels are taking that level of responsibility or even have a lot more knowledge about what their responsibilities are in that management of that single or in the management of the customer data. And that's the next level that needs to come into place to have that single guest profile that can be managed and entrusted around the world. But at the second part of that is don't just give that right of holding the data to the vendor, have the ability and the technology to be able that those profiles can be managed by the hotel in their own profile store or within the, uh, within the hotel group for the world of their hotels. So, you know, there's, I, I think I like the idea and the, and the direction in terms of, you know, having a wallet because that's how we work with tokens today with payments, right? Um, but I think that in terms of my personal information to that level, it's still going to take some time to come in and be populated across across those industries. We have to corral the data over a period of time in order to sort of go to that level. I think if there's one place that COVID has, has actually accelerated things, it's in exactly this area because you're going to have, every hotel is going to have travelers um, arriving in the hotel equipped with a digital wallet and a health passport in their digital wallet with a COVID, COVID pandemic. Yeah, but unfortunately the systems that are in place today in the hotels are not up to spec or are not up to, to par to do that without having to go back and do all these integrations and whatnot. 
So that's exactly. what I'm saying. You know, one of one of my uh, good friends and and uh, and customers says to me, "You got to walk. You got to crawl before you walk before you run." Right, and this in this particular area, it is going to be that discipline of crawling before we walk, before we run, getting to the end. That yes, I personally, and I'm sure many people on the on the panel as well as uh, listening in, want to have control of their own data. Martin Buckle, so, you wanted to say something. Yeah, so I, I come back to the guest journey, and I think you need to first look at that and try to parallel that with a technology to support that. That's one point. Secondly, if I think about myself, okay, I have a card here in Hong Kong. I go down to the station to get a train from A to B and I get down there, I bang the card on, on the gate and I go through, I get my train, I get off and bang the card and then I one day I forget to bring the card and I realise then the provider, the MTR, has a facility that I can have that value stored on my phone and I don't have to take my card, suddenly I have incentive to do something as a customer. And I think it's important that to get customer information be provided by the customer, we need to have an incentive. They need to see the value. Why am I doing this? Is it making my guest journey, my stay journey, my experience better? Otherwise, why would I spend the time doing it? So in my case, I take the 10 minutes to load up, provide, and use because I see a benefit in doing that. Yeah. Well, just just imagine today that you, Martin, you're obviously a frequent traveler of Marriott, but imagine you were hypothetically a frequent traveler in other hotel companies as well. And airlines, I'm sure you are, as I'm sure you are, right? And and you 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 change address. How are you going to change your address across all those different loyalty programs? Just something as simple as that. Right, I, I am a change address. I am a and I have a spreadsheet with all the people I've got to go after. That's a nightmare. Exactly. Isn't it? Okay. Well, there's a sort of, right. that, that's the end of the road discussion there. Okay, gentlemen, we are coming towards uh, the end of the hour, but I'd like to just try to get to some of the questions that we've had from the audience. Uh, so let me just try to pick some out here that I've had sent to me. Um, question to uh, Nick from Henry Rowlings. Uh, does the strategic rethinking require an industry-wide and supported approach? How can the industry approach this? How do we practically move forward from here onwards? Yeah, I mean, I think there are, for me, there are, there are two, two or three big, big issues of our time. One is what we do about customer. I, I believe a decentralized model is there. We are gathering the industry, as many as people who want to come to talk about that, to try and do something. The second one is product, is to be able to actually merchandise our products, all our products effectively, to a digital digital consumer. We can't do that today, it's evident. We should be able to do it. That's mostly a mindset and a technology problem. And then the third one, the elephant in the room is distribution. We, we've always lived in a world of travel intermediaries, but today those travel intermediaries are controlling more and more of our product and with that, our customer. Is that something we want to, to perpetuate? Where does it stop? Where, where does it stop? If, if, if an OTA today has 60% of your inventory, what's it going to be in 10 years' time? Are we comfortable with 80%? Are we comfortable with 90%? What happens to us if that happens? These are the big items that we should be discussing. Right. If we if we agree with Martin and, and, and I think there's a lot of merit to what he says about cost of distribution. Yeah, I'm with you. Fine. 
right? But let's be open about it. Um, let's be open about it and let's just accept that inevitable outcome if we're actually on the lowest cost of distribution chain, if we want to go down that route and lose our customer forever. Okay. Get together right. as an industry and talk about these things. Okay, excellent. Um, the next question we have here is from Chris Chan. Do you think the changes or transformation we make now will still be in use or effective after 12 or 18 months from now, knowing that the majority have a short memory a short memory time span and wanting to go back to the old ways of doing things. Uh, Martin, how about Martin Bukalil? What do you think? Uh, what are we referencing to in terms of the change, Andre? I think what is what is referring to is the the con. Well, I could be wrong, but Chris, perhaps if you could leave a comment. But my my take is uh, the change, the transformation, the the technologies that are being introduced since COVID. So contactless that type of thing. So yeah, look, I, yeah, I think I get it. So I think we've been very careful in our analysis up front because everyone's been banging on our door here. We've got this here. We've got that. Uh, we've looked at a lot of things, but we've been quite selective um, and thought, how does this fit into our long-term strategy? How does this support uh, the needs of our customer? Can this make money for our owners? Will this be easy for our associates to use? Um, do we have something already that does this? Uh, all the basic questions that we ask ourselves before we jump in. And then if it ticks most or all of those boxes, we'll give it a go. And then if it works, we'll use it. And probably we're not kind of in it for COVID. We're in it for the longer run and we're committed to it. And then you know, a large company like us, then that vendor will obviously benefit because they're going to scale the product up quite quite in a large way. Okay, excellent. Uh, there's a question also here from Wouter Gertz from Skift. So much technology behind the scenes that the guest does not know about. COVID will not have changed this. And actually the expectation from guests might be even more tech and certainly more seamless connectivity. Does the panel think the crisis is a seminal moment where we will finally start to see connectivity innovation that actually moves the needle? Martin Sola, would you like to comment? Yep. Um, I think, you know, every big crisis has its, um, its kind of moment. Uh, what, what piece of technology it changes? Um, you had <clears throat> the 2001 uh, crisis, 9-11 kicked off the OTAs, 2008 was the gig economy, and in our industry that was Uber and, and Airbnb, and I believe this one is going to be integrations, data APIs, uh, privacy, and the complexities of it, but at a hotel level, and I think this is going to be because the crisis is, um, is, is demanding it, as uh, as Nick pointed out, we're going to have to show up with, you know, uh, vaccine passports and all this stuff, and all of this can be API'd, um, and and this will be the the in my opinion the trigger or or the pressure that we finally get on all vendors and uh, and so many different channels to to really open up and start to have the data flow, um, and all the complexities that that you know privacy and GDPR and um, California, Russia, China, regulations that that entails uh, are going to have to be faced for real. Okay, great. Thanks. Kevin, would you like to also comment on that from uh, from Wood? Yeah, from, from my, my perspective, I think that uh, 
and and we work with the global major accounts around the world and, and different customers. I think that the tech that they're putting into play is not just about COVID. They they want to deal with it for obviously for the purpose of COVID, but it's something that they've wanted to do in the longer term anyway. It's been a strategy that people have wanted to do for a long time. So I I don't see that it's going to be throwaway technology. I think it's going to very very much be further enhanced to offer better guest servicing going into the future. Okay, excellent. And then we have one final question before we wrap it up. Uh, it's from Ravish Jala from VCNS Global, based out of India. Uh, Nick Price, our industry needs to be agile and enable technology platforms to put data in use to scale the business. Do we really know consumer purchases, purchase biases which drive consumer decision? Uh, well, I think we do know consumer biases to drive purchase decisions. Uh, the Amazon customer, right? Um, so let, here's, I'll give you one bias that that uh, drives my purchase decision. Do you know my name? Right? I'm, I've stayed in your hotel 50 times. Do you know my name? Or do you ask me if I've ever stayed here before when I'm at the front desk? And then you tell me, welcome back. Because if you do, you don't know me at all. And I'm yes, not coming back. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes okay excellent all right well um gentlemen on that note i think we'll wrap it up uh i've really really enjoyed this conversation it's been a, a, a great opportunity to have have your opinions and your thoughts on this uh this topic um yeah and i really wanted to just thank you all again very much for taking the time for for, for joining us and of course the audience thank you for tuning in and for watching and I'd also like to give a shout out to uh, Henry and Jill and, and everybody at Hospitality Net uh, for uh, working with us on this and, and, and bringing this to, to the industry. Uh, we're planning to do more of these, so uh, please uh, keep an eye out for those. Um, and also just, just something I'd like to add to this conversation or to the end of the, the topic uh, before we go. Um, I also want to just say how saddened we were uh, to hear of Philip Wolf's sudden passing the other day um, after the loss of Arnie Sorensen. You know, hearing about Philip was quite a, a tough blow for, for a lot of people. And I'm sure I speak for Henry and his team here also when I say how sorry we were here at Tech Talk Travel to hear of this. And our serious condolences, sincerest condolences go to Philip's family and, and friends. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, let's hope we don't uh, have any more of these uh, sudden sudden news because it's not very pleasant um but on that note let's finish on a, on a high thank you gentlemen very much appreciate your time um, thank you and, uh yeah thank you uh, take care of yourselves stay safe stay covid free get jabbed and and uh we'll talk to you soon thank <laughs> you thanks everybody Bye.